Hey there, and welcome to the Reversing Diabetes with Delane MD podcast. This is episode number 214. My name's Delane Vaughn. I'm a board certified family practice doctor, a former emergency room nurse, a veteran healthcare provider, and the host of this podcast. This podcast is for women who are not ready to let go of their longevity, their vitality, and their vigor. It's for women who know that life is a gift and they're not ready to start the downward spiral of disease like type two diabetes. This podcast is for badass women who have mastered really hard things in many other areas of their life, but they cannot seem to master chocolate cake. If that's you, let's talk. Today, we're gonna talk about what to do when you just wanna stop, when you want to like stop doing this thing and you're just not into it anymore. Before we get started, I wanna talk to you about medications. If you are medicated for your type two diabetes, recognize you've been medicated for the way that you have eaten in the past. If you change the things that you are eating, you are also going to need to change your medications. If you don't do that, you can end up quite sick. So if you're making the changes that I recommend in this podcast, please be aware that you are gonna to need to have a line of communication open with your primary care provider in order for you to have some guidance for how to come off your medications, okay? Call your doctor's office, ask them what they want you to do when you're sharing your blood sugars, when you start to have low sugars, how do they want you to contact them so that you can be safe and not be over-medicated and not end up in a sick situation. And when I talk about sickness, guys, I am talking about everything, including death. This can be very dangerous. So make sure that you are taking the precautions, calling your provider, the provider who's prescribing those meds and getting some guidance for how they want you to adjust your medications and share the information that they need to help you adjust those medications down. I also wanna encourage you to share this podcast with other women who need this help. Send an email, share it on email, share it on Facebook, post it on Instagram. Statistically, nine out of 10 Americans are struggling with these same issues. That means look around in your life and you know people who need to hear this message, who need to hear the message that we do not have to be sick because the foods that we're eating. We don't have to be sick with too much insulin in our system. We don't have to be sick with type two diabetes. If you have a friend who has mentioned to you that they are struggling with these issues, please make sure to let them know that there is help. Share this podcast with them. You can also rate the podcast on whatever podcast uh, app player that you're listening to it. Um, make sure to rate it, you can review it. That helps the apps, the podcast app, the player app, uh, produce this or put this in front of other humans, okay? The more it's rated, the more it's reviewed, the more other people will see this podcast. If you are getting help from this podcast, help other people get that same help, rate and review the podcast. Also connect with me, follow me on Instagram, follow me on Facebook, say hi. There is a Facebook group, it's called Reversing, or Delane MD Reversing Diabetes. Join that group. That's a great place for us to communicate and for you to get more help. You can ask me directly for help and you can also reach out to other people in that group and ask for help there. Lastly, remember, I am re offering reversal assessment calls. If you're a woman with type two diabetes and you're worried and you're frustrated, and you're confused about why you can't seem to fix this, there is help. These assessment calls are 45 minute calls where you and I discuss your specific obstacles to reversing your type two diabetes. And by the end of the call, you're gonna know what your biggest obstacle is and have some clarity about why you haven't been able to overcome it. If you're interested, you can also hear about my program that will help you have the private coaching and the group 
uh, community uh, available to you to really put this diabetes things thing behind you and reverse your type 2 diabetes. So let's talk about what to do when you just want to stop. Okay, this is a very common thing that I see with clients. And certainly, I think it's a common thing with people who even before they sign with me, they have gone through phases like this. This is a phase where you're just exhausted. You're tired, you're at your rope's end, and you feel defeated. You simply cannot muster the energy to make another salad or make another batch of roasted veggies, to drink another glass of water, or muster the energy to avoid another treat or another donut in the break room. You just cannot do it one more time. You certainly can't make it to the gym one more time either. You're going to want to call your doctor at this point and ask for all the Ozempic under the sun. You are going to want to bury yourself in a bag of Oreos on the couch and you're gonna to wanna to turn Netflix on and watch the latest, greatest episode and bury yourself in that. You're gonna to wanna to avoid everything and everyone. You're going to look to develop an exit strategy. So if you have ever had this experience, if you're currently having this experience, I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast because this is going to be a strategy to work through it. But recognize, like if these thoughts, man, maybe I should just call the doctor and ask for the Ozempic. Man, I just am so done with this. I'm gonna go get a plane of Ben and Jerry's, a bag of Oreos, a, you know, it's not really a bag, it's also not a box, it's interesting. I'm gonna go get a package of Oreos and I'm going to watch my favorite, I'm gonna watch Steel Magnolias or Home Sweet, uh, Sweet Home Alabama or whatever it is, I'm just gonna veg and check out. If you have ever had this, if you are currently having it, this, I am talking to you, this podcast, this episode is for you. We have all been there. We all wanna sit with a bag of Oreos and watch reruns of Friends or reruns of How I Met Your Mother. We want to give up. We wanna go on about our lives and not worry about the things that we're eating until it hits you again. You run into a friend who's managed to slim down and start. they start telling you how they've normalized all of their labs and they've come off their meds and everything's starting to be great and they're fitting into smaller clothes, clothes than they've, you know, smallest size I've ever worn since high school, whatever it is. You hear the story and you start to get the itch again. You want to do the thing also and you find yourself back in the cycle. Of course, now you have the last failed attempt that you have, which gives you more evidence that you're never gonna be able to do it and you're not gonna be able to do it this time either, okay? This happens for everyone. It happened for me, it happens for my clients, it happens for you. This is a typical part of life. Just because we develop a desire or we have a passing desire float through our brain, does not mean that we're gonna materialize all the actions it takes to create that result. Not in a few days and likely not in a few weeks and maybe not even in a few months, okay? Today, this morning was the first time and I have been doing this work. This fall, it's been since 2017, so six years if I'm doing math right. It's been six years since I started coaching, my first coaching program, or I was introduced to my first coach and started questioning this whole like, oh, it's my thoughts. It's not like I just need to like staple my mouth shut. It's not 
that I need to move to an island where there is no food that tempts me. It's not that I need to um, go on a med. It's, you know, oh, it's my thoughts. What? What is this about? It's been six years. And just in the last day, maybe this morning, maybe it's been in the last couple of days, I had the realization that the thoughts are always going to be there and like there's nothing wrong and I don't need to fight with anything about it. And the the better I get at just accepting these thoughts that float through my brain, the thoughts that I want to stop, the thoughts that I want the chocolate, the thoughts that I want the ice cream. If I just start to accept like, oh, of course, they're going to be there. Nothing's broken about me. Have you had ice cream? It's delicious. Of course, my brain's going to want it. It's just been recently, after six years of doing this work, that I have been able to be like, oh, that's that's just part of it. That I've been able to materialize the ease that I was expecting. It certainly did not happen in a few days. It didn't happen in a few weeks or a few years. It took time, okay? It's important to realize, to have a strategy for when you want to stop because it happens for everyone. This happens for everyone and learning how to work beyond this point is important to living a life with the peace, a life with the comfort, a life with the assurance, a life with the confidence that we are looking for. A part of this means accepting that we're not going to want to do the work all the time. Like we're not going to want to do this work. Sometimes we are going to come to a place where we don't want to do any more work. And then staying committed to whatever we've decided to do, right? Sometimes that means committing to we're not doing this. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm just not. I'm going to take the meds. I'm going to eat the things that I eat. And I am going to live my life from there. That is a possibility. And it's a valid possibility. Hear me out. If you've been shopping for shoes, come back to me. It is an entire val entirely valid choice to say, I just don't want to do this anymore. I'm not doing it. And I'm going to commit to that. I'm going to commit to living my life the way I want to live my life and not do this food work anymore. That's an entirely valid option. But if we do want to change, it doesn't mean that the desire to stop is going to go away. Also, if we decide we don't want to change, we're not doing this work anymore. It does not mean that the desire to change is never going to enter your brain again. That is not the reality. Okay. Either decision involves you picking a side, picking a decision, getting on one side of the fence and then just committing to staying on that side of the fence, okay? So how we do this is we slow it down. The exhaustion that you are not interested in having anymore comes from oscillating between both sides of the fence. I wanna do it, I don't wanna do it. I wanna do it, I don't wanna do it. It comes from committing to the doing it and then the throwing in the towel and being a slug. The exhaustion comes from the change in momentum. It's exhausting. It's disorienting. It's confusing to constantly be switching between those two places. So I want you 
to slow it down. When you feel the desire to switch, when you feel the desire to say, no, I'm not doing this shit anymore. I'm not, I'm not messing with it anymore. Slow it down. You can choose either. So I want to talk about when you choose to not do this work. Lots of times we don't believe we can make that choice because we've told ourselves for so long that we are broken if we do. Like that's not good enough. We have tied up our value with our beliefs about being healthy. And if we don't do the healthy thing, there is something wrong with me. These, this, so this sounds like what you hear in your brain is I should want to do this. It's important to be healthy. I should want to be healthy. I'm ungrateful if I don't take care of myself. God has given me this life to live. And if I don't take care of myself, I'm not showing the gratitude that I have for this life. It sounds like I'm wasteful. I'm wasting an opportunity. I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting my life if I don't do this work. Or it sounds like I'm setting a poor example, okay? If any of those stories are wrapped up in your brain, if you're like, yeah, I say that stuff all the time, I want you to slow it down and offer yourself the truth, which is lots of really awful human beings, people who do not share the values and your integrity are healthy physically. They are thin and don't have diabetes, and they are awful humans. Your ability to be a human that aligns with your personal integrity and your personal value system has nothing to do with what your A1C says it is, period, end of sentence. So it is entirely possible to choose, I'm not going to normalize my A1C. I am going to take the meds that are available to me to help minimize the impact of what I'm eating on my body, and I am going to go through the world and be the amazing ass human being that I am. And that's entirely fabulous. And it's not a waste. And I shouldn't have to be healthy. I shouldn't have to have a new normal A1C. I shouldn't have to take care of myself. I shouldn't have to not eat that food. It is not wasteful. And I'm setting a fabulous example of how to be a badass human being. Okay, that is entirely possible for you to not do this work and still be the badass human that you are. Okay, but you can also choose to do this work, but not from a place of value, like a place from how much better a life's going to be once I've done this work, because that's not true. Your life is going to have all the strains, all the trials, and all the tribulations that it has now when you have a normal A1C. A normal A1C does not mean suddenly you don't have to go to work. A normal A1C does not mean suddenly you don't have to put up with in-laws. A normal A1C does not mean that suddenly your children are, you know, unicorns flying through the air, living their most fabulous life. A normal A1C does not mean all of your bills are paid. A normal A1C doesn't fix the relationship with your spouse. None of that is true. So don't believe that once your A1C is normalized, life is going to be fabulous. It's going to be the same that it is right now. It's just that you're not going to have to take some meds and your doctor is going to high five you when you come in and out. And you may enjoy parts of your life more with a normal A1C, but hear me on this. 
you're not going to enjoy not being able to just veg out the Oreos on the television, on the sofa, watching TV. Like that's still going to be part of it. <laughs> so if that's awful right now, it's going to be awful when your A1C is normal too. Okay. Don't allow yourself to believe that you're going to do this work so you can be proud of yourself. So that you're finally going to be worthy of a dream vacation or so that you won't embarrass somebody, your spouse or your children so that people can look up to me. That is not a reason to fix your type two diabetes. Recognize it's impossible to decide what you truly want when you're constantly telling yourself one is good and one is bad. You can't make that decision because something is good and something is bad. You can't decide whether to do X if X is good because you're constantly tied to, I must do X because it's good. Or you can't do Y because it's bad. You can't even consider if you want Y, right? If you're trying to choose between the color, like you're buying a car and you're trying to choose between the red car or the silver car, you can't decide which one you like if one's good and one's bad. Like you can't, when you set that dichotomy up, you cannot make that decision based on what you want. You're basing it on a value judgment that you have arbitrarily placed. And the value that you believe is there is not there. Life is not better with a normal A1C. I cannot say it loud enough, okay? It's not better with a normal A1C. You may like some things more about that life. You like not stressing about your doctor's appointments. You like the way you feel. You may like some things better, but there are going to be things that you don't like. You don't like going to the party and everybody else is eating pizza and you're not. You won't like that part. Okay. When we set the dichotomy up, this is good and that's bad. We do it because it's easier to coerce ourselves into doing what we believe we should be doing. Right. If it's good, if it's right, if it's wholesome, if it's the value, I mean, like if we're giving a moral value associated with being healthy, then we have to do that because morally we have to be right. If we give a moral negative value, like it's wrong to not do this work, then you can't make, you can't just look at whether you do or don't want it. You are, your values are what your values are regardless of what your A1C is. You value being a good, maybe, and maybe not, and not everybody cares, like holds these values. For me, I value being a good human. That's where my work is placed. I value being a good parent. Not everybody does that, but I certainly value being a very good parent to my children. Like I, that's important to me. And I want to hold that value. It's optional. Lots of humans out there aren't great parents. Lots of good parents are crappy humans to other people right? They love their children, but they're not very good people to other humans, right? You just get to decide where your values lay, not that it's right or wrong. We want it to be right or wrong because then it's easier to force ourselves into it. And if we can force it ourselves into doing the right thing or the good thing, we believe it will be easy to do the harder things that are there, the letting go of the donuts. If it's the right thing to do, then I must let go of the donuts. And that's just not what it is. The thing that we're looking for is an easy decision because if it was an easy decision because it's the right thing to do, then I'm going to do it. If not eating the donuts is the right thing to do, then it's going to be easier to not eat the donuts. And that's just horseshit. 
That is not the reality, okay? What we're actually looking for when we want to make it right or wrong is we're looking for an easy decision. So an easy decision that you don't need coaching on, that you don't need to think about, there's lots of them out there. Not putting your hand on a hot stove, easy decision. Not putting your fingers in a dog's kennel, easy decision. Not going outside when it's 10 degrees below zero, easy decision, right? Because we know that we're gonna be uncomfortable if we do those things. You're waiting for the time that not eating the chocolate cake is gonna be easy, right? It's easy for most of us not to steal things. It's easy for most of us not to kill humans because in our brain that aligns with our values. That's just not aligned, right? Like doing those actions don't align with our values. It's easy for us to call them wrong. There's no time that you're like, oh, this is one of those times I really, really want to go steal that stuff, but I'm going to have to say no. I'm going to have to pass. Even if all your friends were doing it, it wouldn't be a thing. Like you're not sitting there like, you're watching all your friends eat ice cream and you're like, God, it sucks. They're all eating ice cream and I don't get to. But you're never like, God, it sucks. They're all stealing stuff and I don't get to. Like nobody does that. This is so clearly aligned with your values, right? We want the not eating of the cake to be that clearly aligned with our values and it's just not. Maybe not yet. Maybe it will be. But if you're just trying to force yourself to not eat the food because it's the right thing to do, you are missing the point. You're missing the thing that you actually need to be looking at, okay? When it's an easy decision, it's just something that we don't have to think about and we want the chocolate cake to be that easy. I would offer that even with the things that align with our values, the killing and the stealing, there are times where humans kill and steal Good humans, people that we think a lot really good things about. We think they're good humans and they do that. If you think about wartime, if you think about like times during the good era, the Great Depression, like people stole, good humans stole. They were just desperate and they were pushed to the brink where they had to make some decisions that didn't align with their, their integrity and their values. So similarly to all of these other things, right? Being healthy is something that people whom you value, if you have this brain, like I value these people or I don't value people who haven't achieved this, right? Like I value people who have achieved their health and I don't value people who haven't. Your value, like you gotta, you gotta get clear about that. Your value is not inherently associated with being healthy. Again, I'm gonna to offer to you, there are plenty of people who have achieved health, normal A1Cs, normal triglycerides, normal insulin levels, normal ALTs, normal blood pressures, normal weights, all of the normals. Plenty of people out there who've done it who are horrible human beings. They don't align with your values. And then there are plenty of people who have not done that who really do share many of your values and your integrity. So you have to separate your health from those things, from that value judgment, you have to give yourself permission to separate those things. To do this, you gotta slow down. Once you can look at these options, these two decisions, to do the damn thing or to not do it and live your life where your lab values are right now or to improve your lab values. Once you can get to a place where that feels neutral, right, you have to, do the belief, the work, you have to look at it to realize like it doesn't feel like this ginormous chore to do it. 
it also doesn't feel like a huge failure to not do it. Once you can get your place yourself to a neutral place on that, from there you just decide what you want to do. Because you're going to want both throughout the rest of your life. You will want to do the work and you will not you will want to not do the work depending on the day. If you wait until you only want to do the work, until you want to do the work all of the time, you're never going to do the work because that's not going to be a reality. There's never going to be a time where you always want to do the work, ever. The people who achieve these things, who achieve the health goals that they have set out for themselves, are doing the thing. They do the damn thing even when they don't want to. That's the person who's achieving the thing. So if you're waiting to want to do the thing all the time, you're never going to achieve the goal because you're never going to want it all the time. Okay. So I know, I don't know if you follow me on Instagram, you've already probably seen this. If you didn't read it, I'm going to read it to you. Uh, this is from Brianna Weiss's book, um, The Pivot Year. It's a great book. I highly recommend it. Order it. It's a paragraph a day. I don't know how this woman managed to, manages to nail it every single paragraph, but she does. So I'm going to read to you, I don't even know what page it was, but it was, it was spot on. Throughout the day, you may have thoughts that try to steer you off of your path. They might be intrusive. They might be sudden. They might be consuming. Their intensity and frequency will differ at times, but they can always exist in some form. Your job is to notice it before they convince you that they are true, that they are some kind of compelling guidance. You must learn to ask yourself, where does this thought intend to bring me? Is it attempting to guide me to a deeper clarity or is it wanting to disturb my calmed waters? Is it something that the most empowered form of myself would believe? Must I choose to act on it? Will I choose to act on it? Your job is to notice is what this says, right? Noticing means you slow it down. Slow it down and see what the thought is. Is it something that's leading me to where I want to be, where I've decided to be? I've just decided to do the damn thing and be healthy. I've just made the decision. So I'm going to do it every day, no matter what thoughts filter into my mind, no matter how compelling those thoughts feel, no matter how all-consuming those thoughts feel, no matter how sudden or intrusive the thought about the donuts in the break room are, is that leading me to the thing I've decided to do, okay? That last question is where your results are going to come from. Will I? Must I choose to act on that thought? Will I choose to act on that thought? That is where your results are going to come from. Will I act on it? Just because a, float, a thought floated into my brain, am I going to act on it? So guys, this is coaching. Coaching is where we coach through the desires that we have, the thoughts that we have, right? Coaching through the desire to stop, the decision to stop, it's always that coaching component when you learn how to do the self-coaching, that's always going to be available to you. The thought to stop is always going to come. The resistance to not stopping is always going to be there too. You're going to have to just decide what you want to do. That's the work. So this is where coaching comes in. So. I don't believe I mentioned it earlier. There is going to be a webinar. It is going to be on um, 
September 6th. I think it's at 10 a.m. Central Time, but check the website. Uh, DelaneMD.com will lead you to the link to get signed up for this. You can also go to any of, you can go to my Instagram, my link tree on Instagram. There's a place that will take you to the registration form. If you don't do any of those things, if you just listen to podcasts, I totally get it. Send me a message, Delane at DelaneMD.com. I will put your name through the registration form. So it is going to be a webinar on coaching, right? Coaching is a tool that helps you see how to use your brain to get the results that you're wanting instead of allowing your brain to get in the way of the results that you want. That's it. And that's what most women need. Okay. Most women don't need me to tell them to stop eating chocolate cake. You know that. Most women need to figure out why they continue to eat foods, why they continue to believe their brain when it tells them in the moment, like, this is the right answer, like a little bit of chocolate cake ain't going to be a problem, even though we have the evidence that. I've eaten enough chocolate cake, okay? This is what coaching does. It's hard to know what that is. I always say like six years ago, I didn't know what coaching was. I'd never coached with anybody. I didn't even know it was my brain that was doing this. I thought it was like cake. Cake was the problem, not my brain. If that's where you're at, come to this webinar. This webinar is going to show you how coaching works and how it helps you evaluate the things that your brain is giving you and how it is the tool that you I would say 80% of women who are in this situation where they're wanting better health, this is the tool that you need. So if that's something you think will be helpful, register for that webinar. Again, it'll be September 6th at 10. If you cannot, again, if you don't find the registration form, send me an email, delane at delanemd.com. I will get you registered. All right, guys, I hope this was helpful. I will be back next week and I'll talk to you then. Bye-bye.